but we need a relationship with ourselves that has to be strong and good in relationship with God. We always teach about, oh, we need relationship with others. First of all, you need a relationship with you. You and God. You and the Word. You and the Holy Spirit. Because I guarantee you, when we have that relationship with our Father who is in heaven, who Christ Jesus, who rose from that grave, Holy Spirit has come upon us. When our relationship, personal relationship, is with them and them with us, then we have the power, the ability, and the wisdom to actually have relationships, healthy ones, with the people around us. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, your rational service. What's my service? To present yourself holy to God. What is my call? To present myself holy to God. What is our purpose? To present ourselves holy to God. It's our reasonable, it's our service, it's our call, it's our destiny as believers in Jesus Christ. We are to present ourselves holy to him. And how do we do that? Verse 2 answers And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, perfect, perfect will of God. When we burn as a sacrifice on the altar, we change. We change. If you burn anything... It changes. It burns. We're to change. We're not to lie on an altar and not be sacrificed in change. We are literally to burn in his power, in his authority, by his presence in our lives that we change automatically and start to change the things around us. When you are burned in a sacrifice perspective, I'm not talking we're going to sacrifice people, heaven forbid, but some people love to take things out of context. But sometimes we don't like the feel of the burning for God. Oh, that's a little uncomfortable. Ooh, what do you mean I... I'm supposed to go to win some, and they're going to push us to evangelize. <laughs> you need to come to the School of Supernatural Ministry. It's actually incredibly powerful. I mean, all of our leaders that, that have been on staff here and people in here have gone through four years of the school. It's just like amazing the transformation it did with our own team. These are people that are rooted and grounded in the Word of God for many, many years being transformed. When something burns, the oxidization process is change it forever. You can no longer just add water and all of a sudden it pops back up. Other than sometimes our brown grass right now, grass is amazing. It gets all brown inside and you give, come, at some point we should start getting rain. It usually happens. 
here in British Columbia, and the grass starts coming back. But you know what? If you burn grass too much, it doesn't come back. It has to be reseeded. The interesting thing here is that we're to burn in his presence in such a way that we don't look the same. That we actually, a whole oxidization process has radically changed us uh, so that when the rains of his presence keep blowing and falling upon us and flooding over us, uh, we actually look different uh, than when we started the altar process. We should no longer conform to the things of this, the ways of this world. What does that word conform mean? In the, in the, in the, in the Bible, it means transformed. It means conform means to fashion something after another, and then transformed means from the word metamorphosis. So we're to conform, it means we're to it means to fashion something after something another, and the word transform means metamorphosis. Has anyone ever heard about a butterfly or a caterpillar? Let's say the cock about the caterpillar. They're not the nicest looking things. I grew up in the jungles of the Amazon. We had caterpillars all over the place. I literally would watch, capture, have my little tank with the screens on it, and I would have my little bugs in there. And caterpillars, I'd watch the transformation, the metamorphosis that took place when the caterpillar would get into a cocoon. And then the cocoon would split itself open, and out pops this butterfly from a caterpillar. Can you imagine? That's what we're to look like when we burn on the altar of his presence. That how we go into the burning of his presence is never how we look when we come out. We go in a little bit slippery, gooey, and mushy little worm. And we come out a beautiful butterfly. I go another level. We come out eagles. The, wor the world system around us sets a pattern for behavior. It demands that we conform to the pattern. Well, I'm here to say I will not conform to the pattern of the world. That's one thing we do not have to conform to. I conform to this book, the Word of God, the living, inspired Word of God. This is my conforming nature right here. In the Word, I go after it. Not in the Word, I pray and, pro pray and process. <laughs> Paul says... We should be changed to a different pattern. How do we do this? By the renewing of our minds. That's what that verse said. How do we do this? How do we become a butterfly from a, a worm, a caterpillar? Renewing of our mind. Well, I don't think I can do that. Right, renew the mind. Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gifted in that renew the mind. Maybe you are. Maybe your mind is telling you not. Oh, that's right, because you got hurt like 25 years ago. And, hmm. Well, the hurt from 25 years ago is actually in the mind. The unforgiveness, it's in the mind. <laughs> it's not in your body. Nothing can be done to our body that God cannot have us forgive by the renewing of our mind. Christ was whipped to such a level, intestinal parts were probably hanging out. But he had a renewed mind. His body was what, what it was. And his body died, but his spirit didn't. 
We are to walk on this earth, little Timothy. The little Borthwick. Because if we don't get our minds renewed, what on earth are we going to teach our kids and our grandbabies? Sounds so simple. Well, reality, it actually is. The gospel's not complicated. It's actually a simple gospel. Who makes it complicated is our minds. Well, I don't think I'd ever be good enough for that. Well, your mind is listening to a lie. If I ask Rianne and Chuck, I bet you've been pondering becoming a city council and running for the government's position for the last 40 years of your life, right? I don't even know if they're 40 years old. <laughs> but I know them really well, and I haven't heard the conversation much, ever. Because you know what? You actually don't have to ponder things forever. When God's in it, do it. I say wise counsel. Get wise counsel. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that have come to us, you know, God told me, you know, I'm supposed to move and da-da-da-da. And, and, and many of you that are here have heard this before, but I use the same analogy because it happens over and over. Okay, so why are you in my office? Well, because I want to I hear your opinion if we should move or not. Well, you said God said move. Well, don't you have to pray about it? No. God said, right? Did God say? Or are you just burnt out and exhausted and want to move? Because if you put words in God's mouth, that is the last person you want to speak for. You do not want to change his word. So now we pray about timing. But if God said it, now we pray for timing and wisdom. But we don't pray if we should or shouldn't. Because the renewing of the mind says if God says, then I can do it. If God believes in me, then I believe in it. If God says I can preach in front of thousands, then I can do it. If God says, I'll only preach in front of five, then five, that's who I'll preach with. That word renewing of the mind, renewing, comes from the Greek word called renovation. Anyone ever done a renovation on their house? Anyone tore their hair out because of the renovation on their house? Has anyone said, I will never do a renovation again? Well, you know what? I want my mind renovated every single day. Father, bring your sledgehammer.
bring your Milwaukee drills or Makitas, whatever you're going to use. I want to be renewed every day. I'm not going to carry everything from the past into today. I want my mind renewed, Lord. What I will do is I will learn from the past called the power of testimony. Both bad things, everything bad that's happened in the past is the opportunity for testimony to grow. No matter what someone said to you or did to you, it's opportunity to grow. So you should thank them for being so mean. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. They need to grow up if they were really mean. But, but, but reality, I thank my teachers even though it was difficult. I thank my parents, they're both in heaven, but I thank them profusely. And I was a difficult child. I was a selfish child. I was a strong-willed child. Glad I'm not strong-willed now, right? Look, a few people, the leaders are like, should we laugh right now or not, you know? Hey, at least I don't have to say, okay, laugh, like some of the government south of the border. Renovation time. Renovation time. I pray every Sunday morning is renovation time. I pray every day you're in the word, in prayer, interceding. Renovation time. Because if we go in interceding and praying for something or in his word and we come out the exact same and haven't had any form of renovation, then we're just reading the Bible but not applying it to us. I'm fifth generation of ministry, and I need a renovation in my mind. Constantly processing, Lord. What do we do next? Do, do we step here? Do we step there? Do we go this way? What do we do, Lord? What's next? And sometimes I hear him say, I've given it to you. It's in your heart already. Just unlock your heart. And sometimes I hear, well, it's in your team already. Just listen to your team. And I always hear, just listen to your wife. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. God takes us as a sacrifice and he starts to remodel our character and our nature. Sometimes when, when we truly open up and allow God the fullness of his presence in us, we can have revelational understanding and realize the things I'm so worried and stressed about are really so small. What on earth has that consumed me for so long for? Why on earth have I let that affect me and my marriage or my family or my children, my job, my business? Why have I allowed what that person said or did affect me for this long? And I tell you what, this is the day we stop it in Jesus' name and we say, no more, I am getting renovated today. I am opening up my mind to be renovated by his presence, by his love, by his forgiveness, by his healing power, 
and all those things of the past, things that were done to me, things that were said about me, I'm letting them go because I'm getting renovated today. I no longer am going to walk in the pain and opinions of past situations. Abuse, let it go in Jesus' name. You can't carry it anymore. It's not your destiny to carry it. Things that were done against you, monies that were stolen from you, ministers that cheated on your relationship or In the spirit of realm, I see a whole construction company ready to come in the doors. They've all come on horses, white and shining. They actually don't bring sledgehammers and drills. They bring love, forgiveness, and restoration. It'll tear out the walls that aren't supposed to be in your life if you just let them. He'll help rip up the old carpet that's all stained and dirty and bring a new carpet. But he doesn't bring a junky carpet. He brings the best of the best carpet. Because he wants you to lie down in his presence in a clean floor. God literally will invade our lives because his desire is to change us from the inside out. I can't change you. We can't change you. I'm just working on changing me. Pretty much all I can change is me. Our renovation or renewing of the mind it starts with our intellect. It starts with our thoughts. And the more we think about the wrongs and the problems, the less God can do in our lives. We need to receive a mind of Christ Jesus the mind of Christ to invade us. We have to incorporate God's wisdom and his precepts in our lives. Hebrews 4 tells us that the God's words is so sharp that it can slice into us and tell us the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. His word can do that. Ephesians 5 talks about washing your wife with the word. Husbands, wash your wife. And wives, wash your husbands with the word because the word of God has the cleansing properties. <laughs> if you're going to mop up your life, use the word right here. This is better than any pine saw or Mr. Clean. Because this doesn't condemn you. If you feel condemned by the Word of God, 
then your mind's not renewed. There's something going on that's you're struggling with, maybe hidden sin, maybe something, because the Word of God is not a condemning word. It is actually a word, a book of words of God that bring life and life everlasting to us. It actually brings us freedom in the middle of the storms. Martyrs that have died for their salvation, but stand on the Word. Again, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Three qualities that we have to go after in these verses. Good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. When Paul mentions this, the word good, it's actually what God wants for you and me is good. Sometimes it doesn't always feel good, but God wants good for our lives. The word pleasing, it actually means acceptable. It makes sense and you can accept it. The more you know God, the more he can take you through tough times. And it's okay because I accept his will. The word perfect means complete or mature. God is maturing us. He's maturing every one of us. He's maturing me daily, daily. I pick up the cross and I walk with his word. He's maturing you every day. Everything we go through isn't to be tearing you down, it's to be maturing you. You put yourself on the sacrifice, on the offering, or on the uh, altar. You choose to do that. God won't pick you up and place you on the altar and light it on fire. You choose to be put on the altar. But that fire, it's not to destroy you. That fire sets you free. That fire gives you power. It gives you authority, wisdom, direction, vision, purpose. And that fire floods you with God's favor. So when you walk on this earth, you walk in his favor and his blessings. So I speak to the enemy, I speak to the devil, quit lying to the people of God. That pain, that sorrow, that past hurts, get rid of it. Step into forgiveness and freedom. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, everyone in this place, in this house, watching online right now, this verse is speaking to you. 
Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That we don't let his presence think that we're the best thing since sliced bread. Some of you are like, sliced bread? What do you mean? Well, before years ago, you buy bread and it wasn't sliced. All of a sudden, they started slicing it. Saved everyone a lot of cutting. I was a bad cutter with bread. One piece would be this thin, one piece would be that thick. Thank the Lord. They went to sliced bread. So that's where the statement comes from. Better than sliced bread. If we take this verse to heart, then we wouldn't have pain and hurt, backbiting, backstabbing each other. We wouldn't need to be doing that. Because... I'm no better than you. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think you have more potential than I did. I, I pray, I pray that I can build some sort of a ceiling, a roof for you to stand on and it become your floor. I'm a father that loves his children so much. I want to see them do greater things than I could ever do. I want to see every one of you do greater things. Don't puff ourselves up. We don't need to. We need his presence. Let him speak for us in many things. Let his presence speak. If God has gifted you in leading worship, then lead worship. If you're tone deaf, don't ask to be on the worship team. Or your mic will have no batteries every Sunday. I have a close friend that is absolutely tone deaf, and once in a while he starts singing, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. Most people have more than one gift. Life is about finding what God has given to you. What is your gift? Because it's not what you might think it is. It's what we need to know what he says we carry. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, the man of heaven. When you and I were born into this earth, you bore an image of a man of dust. But you know what? Now we are to bear an image of a heavenly man. His name is Jesus Christ. That when we walk this earth, we're to walk looking like Christ Jesus. When I had my long blonde hair, people would always say, oh, you look like Jesus. I don't personally think he was blonde and blue-eyed. From where he grew up, that would have been unusual. And I'm sure they would have said something in the Bible because everybody else did was not blonde and blue-eyed at the when written in the Word of God. So I don't think he was blonde and blue-eyed. I don't think he was American. I don't think he was Canadian because I know he wasn't. He was a Nazarene. He was good-looking, so that means that if you have the image of Christ, you're good-looking. You are good-looking. You're a good-looking group of people. I'm looking at you right now. Some a little more than the others, but you're good looking. 
God had a sense of humor. Let's put it that way, okay? But many times we do something and feel like we're something pretty special. You are special. In my day and age, that meant you were handicapped, but special person, special. We're not allowed to say that anymore, but no, God looks at you as special. Matter of fact, he looks at you as created in his image to do his will, which is beyond everything you think you can do. But all of a sudden, sometimes we can get in our head a little puffed up. I did this, and I did that, I saw this, and... I'm doing this, I'm running this, and they're following me, and they're doing this and that. And when we start looking at others around us and we start thinking that we're better than them, pretty soon we're not judging ourselves by Christ's example, but instead comparing ourselves to others around us. We're not to compare ourselves with anybody else around us. to compare ourselves with Christ Jesus. And if there's a life you need to study, then we need to study His. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. all stand. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? So you and I could be redeemed as sons and daughters of the king. You are a son, a daughter, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you haven't believed in him, you haven't asked him in and changed your life, then you need to do that. I'll tell you what, you cannot experience sonship with God if you don't believe and accept Christ Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Maybe someone's watching online right now. Maybe you've been backslidden. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe there's just been, you know that, man, I just haven't been been serving the like I should I just haven't been doing what I need to be doing for God I just know that I haven't well this is for you as well too because the greatest decision you can ever make in your life is to make the decision for Christ Jesus in you because he came to redeem you and redeem me if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior then you need to listen to these words. Today, you are redeemed. Tomorrow, you are redeemed. Tuesday, you are redeemed. You are redeemed sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. 
And the 24 elders throw down their crowns, singing, holy, holy, holy. And the sons and the daughters on this earth, we need to be crying out and singing, holy, holy, holy. Are you Lord, God Almighty, the one who is and was and is to come? I felt such a presence during worship. A richness. The ability to enter in, and the ability to receive, and the ability to be renovated, transformed, is not in the hands of God. It's in your mind. Your hands have to make the choice, have to make the decision. Oh, God can do anything. But he chose to give you and me a free will to choose him. And the only way he can be chosen in our lives, in my life, is I freely give all to him and choose him. Father, I pray this morning for your presence and your glory to invade us in a way that sits us down or lies us down on fresh carpets. <laughs> Not dirty, stained one, because your forgiveness and your love has cleaned it up for us. And I pray for anyone that's been carrying burdens, abuse from the past, verbal, physical, Anyone that's carried hurt and pain from the church, from business, from jobs, from politics, from family, from children, from sons and daughters, I pray. That our eyes are upon you and we focus our gaze, our stare, our eyes you, O oh Lord, because you are our strength. You are our strong fortress. It's with you that we can do the things that seem impossible. We can't do it by ourselves. It's with you, O oh Lord. It's with you. feel like I hear the Lord say and I'm in you wow think of that for a moment he is in us oh I pray for an army
lives and dwells in your presence, O oh God, on your word. And when we get up from a season, a time in your presence, and we get up with vision, we get up with power, we get up with the authority of Jesus Christ's name. walk out those doors of this building free and set free that every turmoil every pain every sickness every disease was left at the cross and we walk out into that bright sunlight today and we take a deep breath and we say Yes, I have a mission this week. That I will not focus on the problems of this world, but I will focus on the answers to every problem. <laughs> Interesting, I just opened the Bible. There's no bookmark here. And once in a while, I'll do that. For I will pour on him who is thirsty. And floods on the dry ground. In other words, I will pour my spirit on you in such a way that the ground that you walk on will flourish. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. Wow. Isaiah 44 verse 3. And that we will conclude today with this promise that God is pouring water on you and I who are thirsty. Are you thirsty? And floods on the dry ground around you, I will pour my spirit on your descendants, on your children, on your grandchildren. I will pour my spirit as you receive. If you are thirsty, I will bless you. I will bless you to overtake you with blessings, says Deuteronomy 28. If you choose to be thirstier today than you were when you came in, I guarantee you there is a blessing being poured on you. And if you felt dry, some of you did when you came in, let me tell you what, I will pour my spirit and turn your dry ground into ground of production, of producing, of growth. And I will pour, if you are thirsty, if you are thirsty, Lord will pour His Spirit on you. He will bless you. He will bless your descendants. He will bless your offspring. He will bless the ground that you walk on. He is blessing you. He will bless you. He is blessing you. He will bless you. That is the way of the Lord. I get a sense of my spirit. I'm going to call the prayer team up. What I actually feel this morning that if you have felt dry 
in any way you have been carrying abuse of the past or, or pains or sicknesses or anything, if there's anything that you feel you've been dry in, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come up front here. We're not going to pray for you, but the people right now, but I just feel like there's an action to happen. If you're thirsty, you'll run and get water. I've been thirsty. I'm a, I'm a captain for yachts. Uh, I've been out in the ocean, thirsty. And you know what? I get water. I feel like there's water up here. There's freshness up here. Healing. So I ask you, if it's you, not, not everybody has to respond, but I actually would encourage you to push beyond your boundaries, beyond your comfort zone. If you're hungry for more, which I am, I stand here too. If that's you, come up. We're going to pray together. It doesn't mean you're going to get prayer here with the people. That's not what I'm talking about. I actually feel like we're supposed to move something, go deeper. Before we start praying for people, let's just go after this. I feel in my heart that, that we're not to just pray individually for you right now, that we're supposed to go after. This is a choice of the renewing of the mind. It's a choice of fresh anointing. It's a choice of fresh rivers of life. It's fresh breaths of the Spirit in us. They're choices. And some, some will say, well, I don't need to go up for that. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm not going to force you. But I'll tell you one thing. Sometimes we need to step out of comfort zones, religious mentalities that actually hold us back subconsciously sometimes. Sometimes we need to just say, you know what? I, I don't feel like it, but I'm just going to go for it. So wherever you are, I, I truly believe this is the season and the time that God is renewing something. I'm actually standing here. I want the fresh breath. I want his fresh wind blowing on me. I want, I want fresh blessings. I, I, I'm so hungry to have my mind renewed. I, I, I no longer want to want to just be what I was. I, I, I just want to be renewed in him, in his presence. Every day I go after. I'm hungry for more. I will not sit on the sidelines and do nothing. I'm going after it. I won't even sit on the sidelines and just do what I was. There's something that's driving in me that I'm like, no more of what we were doing. It's moving into what God is calling us into in the, in the freshness, even in the church, in the ministries, in our, in our surrounding areas. There's something so fresh that God wants to pour out that we can't just do church like we used to do church we can't just have attitudes like we used to have we have got to let that go and we've got to go after him in such a presence and be able to say I am thirsty oh God I am thirsty this morning I am thirsty so I pray, Father, for each one here this morning, each one that's stood up front here, each one that that uh, that is watching online, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that the floodgates of your presence will flow open. That the floodgates of your love will overwhelm us in such a level that all the pains and hurt and unforgiveness of the past will be see, see, will be cut loose and silenced right now in Jesus' name. Instead, it'll be your love empowering us, oh God, your faithfulness to us. I thank you, Father, for this is the day that you have made. And in this day, in this presence of you, we will rejoice. We will cast down our own crowns 
at your feet and cry out, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is your name. worship you, O oh God. We thank you, Father, for this is the day that you have made. And in this day, we rejoice and we're glad in it. 